Hi everyone, I hope you're all doing so well and welcome back to the Criminal Makeup Podcast. Each episode we dive into the minds of some of the worst criminals in history and today we are going to be talking about the case of Shayna Hubers. This case took place back in 2012 when Shayna was in a pretty toxic relationship with her boyfriend Ryan and then she was arrested for murder. And this case became most well known for Shayna's bizarre behavior in her police interview. I'm talking the weirdest behavior, the most obscure behavior in a police interview. I'm talking singing, dancing around, which is not exactly the kind of behavior that you should be doing in a police interview for murder. And it was this interview, along with a lot of other things in this case, which meant that the case of Shayna Hoover's is often compared to the case of Jodie Arias. Because not only did Jodie Arias do some very strange things in her police interview, I mean, she did a bloody handstand, didn't she? But Jodie also committed a pretty terrible crime against her boyfriend, just like Shayna. So there are a lot of similarities between the two cases. And I'm sure you guys know the case of Jodie Arias. It's definitely one of the most infamous cases of recent times. So if you do know the case of Jodie, you'll have a pretty good idea of what we're in for today. So let's dive in. Shayna was born on the 8th of April, 1991, making her an heiress. Shayna grew up in Lexington, Kentucky with her parents, Robert and Sharon Hubers. Shayna went to a local high school and to be honest, everything was pretty like good for Shayna in high school. She was described as really outgoing, really friendly, really bubbly. And she also did extremely well in school. Shayna was just one of those annoying kids that was just good at everything. You know, those kids that could just pick up a hobby and they'd be really good. Every class, they would be the top of the class. They are so annoying because I wanted to be one of those people, but I wasn't. Well, Shayna was one of those people and she just did really well at everything. But there was one subject that Shayna enjoyed the most. And of course she excelled in that subject as well. And that was drama, which we will definitely see that crop up later on in the case. But even in high school, Shayna being dramatic, let's just say, was something that she became very known for. She definitely had a flair for the dramatics. She would blow everything out of proportion. She would over-exaggerate everything. And a lot of the drama did seem to stem around other boys in her school. So if Shayna expressed an interest in a boy, but the boy wasn't interested, she would throw a tantrum. She would turn it into the biggest drama possible. She really liked attention, to be honest, but what is new in these cases? I feel like all of these people just crave attention. She just became known for that person that just turned everything into a drama. The kind of person really that everyone avoids because they're just too much to deal with. So that was Shayna's high school experience. Her life seemed pretty good. Well, on the outside, it seemed pretty good, but behind closed doors, it might not have been. Because Shayna has made allegations that she was sexually abused by her father. Now, Shayna's dad has denied these allegations. These allegations have never been proven, 
but that doesn't mean that they didn't happen. It just means that they haven't been proven. But according to Shayna, this sexual abuse started around the time when she was reaching puberty. And we do touch on the sexual abuse later on in the case. Shayna is at high school and after she leaves high school, she does attend the University of Kentucky and she studies a degree in psychology. Very ironic if you ask me. And again, in college, Shayna absolutely excelled because she was very academically gifted and she was definitely on the path to have a successful career in the psychology field. So during her college years, it is now March 2011, Shayna is currently 19 years old. This is when she meets 29 year old Ryan Poston. Ryan Carter Poston was born on the 30th of December, 1982. Ryan's parents split up and got a divorce when Ryan was really young, but he still stayed really close to both of his parents and his mother did actually remarry and Ryan was really close to his stepdad as well. Ryan also had three younger sisters who he was really, really close to and he was a really protective older brother. Overall, the family was just a really tight-knit family. Everyone got along, like even Ryan's dad, even though his parents weren't together, he was still involved in the family. Like everyone was just really, really close and got on. And like Shayna, Ryan was really academically gifted. In college, he graduated with a triple major, which I feel like the college system degrees and everything are different in the US than they are in the UK. So I didn't know what a triple major was, but from my research, that is like really hard to get and actually really rare. But his triple major was in history, geography, and political science. So yeah, that was a lot of studying, (laughs) a lot of studying for Ryan, but Ryan didn't mind. He loved pushing himself. He was very determined to exceed and he thrived in that more academic world. And after college, he went to law school, which again, not easy. And by the time we get to 2011, which is when he meets Shayna, he is a really successful attorney. Now, at first it's thought that Ryan wanted to take things slowly in the relationship. He had just gotten out of quite a serious relationship and he wasn't looking for anything serious. He wanted something more casual, but the same could not be said for Shayna. Like she wanted to dive headfirst into a really serious relationship. She very quickly became obsessed with Ryan. She wanted to be around him as much as she possibly could. She would be constantly, and I mean constantly texting Ryan. Over the course of their 18 month relationship, there were 50,000 texts sent between the two of them. And this was not an even 50-50 split, like 25,000 each. (laughs) Oh no, no, no. It's said that for every one text that Ryan would send, Shayna would send the equivalent of 50 back. So it was 50 to one. So basically Shayna sent 49,000 texts and Ryan sent 1,000. So there's a bit of a difference. And very early on in the relationship, Shayna would tell her friends that Ryan was the one. He was the one that she wanted to marry. Of course, Ryan was definitely not on the same page. But Ryan's lack of commitment in the relationship wasn't the only problem that Shayna had with him. Shayna was also really insecure about Ryan's ex, who was a girl called Lauren. And this was the serious relationship that Ryan had just gotten out of before he got into a relationship with Shayna. Now, when Shayna and Ryan were out, 
Shayna would go up to random people in like the bar, club, wherever they were. Shayna would go up to these random people and say things, oh, don't you think that I'm prettier than this girl here? Which is just like really uncomfortable. Like, oh God, it just makes me feel uncomfortable even thinking about it. Like, what would you say to somebody coming up to you saying that? Like, what are you supposed to say? And Shayna's insecurities and just her personality of just making everything into a huge deal would lead to a lot of arguments in the relationship. And all of these arguments led to Shayna and Ryan being just that couple that would constantly break up. They would break up all the time, but then it wouldn't be too long until they got back together. They would break up, get back together, break up, get back together. This was a constant cycle for their whole 18 month relationship. And whenever they would be on these breaks, which would be quite often, Ryan would start to see other people because he didn't see Shayna the way Shayna saw him. He didn't want anything too serious. And of course, Shayna found out that Ryan was seeing other people and this did not go down well at all. Shayna would constantly be messaging Ryan all the time, especially when they were on these breaks, like her messaging would go up a level when they weren't together. And Ryan wouldn't respond most of the time to her text because they were excessive. But in the end, Ryan would reply to these messages and he would say things like, Shayna, stop, I don't have the patience to deal with you. In Shayna's mind, she didn't understand why Ryan didn't want to be with her. She thought that she was this perfect woman and it was like, why don't you want to be with me? Like, what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with me. So have you ever woken up with a new acne breakout at the worst time? Whether that's a big job interview, the start of a holiday, or even just a night out with friends. I know I have, and acne can really get in the way of feeling confident in your own skin. But that's where the sponsor of today's episode, Apostrophe, can help. Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team to get customized acne treatment for your unique skin. Through apostrophe, you can get access to medications, including prescription treatments that use clinically proven ingredients to help clear all types of acne. You just simply fill out an online consultation, send over a few selfies, and a dermatology provider will create a customized treatment plan for you. And I have personally suffered through many skin issues in the past, including acne, fine lines, scarring, and apostrophe can help with all of that. And I am definitely excited to see how apostrophe can help me with my ongoing needs, which are currently a lot of texture on my skin and uneven skin tone. And we have a special exclusive deal for listeners of this podcast. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com forward slash criminal makeup when you use the code criminal makeup. That's a saving of $15. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com forward slash criminal makeup, click get started, then use the code criminal makeup at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you apostrophe for sponsoring today's episode. Shayna would constantly tell the people around her, like, I don't know why he doesn't want to be with me. I do everything for him. I do his laundry. I walk his dogs. I do his food shopping. Like, I'm perfect for him. Shayna wanted to do 
everything for Ryan, like everything in a creepy kind of way, kind of in a controlling kind of way as well. Like she wanted to do everything for him so she would know everything about him, if that makes sense. So we are now jumping forward a little bit. We are now in the spring of 2012, which is approximately a year after Ryan and Shayna first meet. Shayna was getting close to finishing her degree. And at the same time, Ryan had just opened up his own law firm. And currently Ryan and Shayna are not together. And it was at this point where Shayna was starting to exhibit stalker behavior. Even though if you ask me, she kind of was stalking him before, but it really takes a step up now. Because before Shayna was constantly texting and calling Ryan, but now because Ryan is obviously ignoring her, Shayna is going to Ryan's neighbors, the people that Ryan work with, and she's constantly phoning them, trying to get in contact with them. So then she could find out where Ryan is. And when Shayna was calling up Ryan's law firm, Ryan was answering the phone because obviously Shayna would just call up and say, is Ryan Post in there? Like I need to speak to him. And obviously someone, whoever they are, would put Shayna through to Ryan. And in the end, Ryan stopped taking her calls at work. Shayna obviously didn't like that Ryan was no longer taking her calls at work. So Shayna went to the next level and borrowed her friend's phone and started to text Ryan's work phone pretending to be a potential client. But then Shayna didn't really pretend to be a potential client because she just used this as an excuse to send insulting messages to Ryan. So Ryan quickly figured out, okay, this is Shayna on a different phone. She even at one point got an out of state phone number. So Ryan wouldn't know it was her. And when that number called him, he would pick up. This is the kind of things that she would do just to speak to Ryan. And on top of this, Shayna managed to clearly figure out what Ryan's password is because she somehow managed to hack into his Facebook. And when she was on his Facebook, she would basically monitor everything that was going on. So if Ryan ever got any messages from any women, Shayna would delete them before Ryan could see them. Shayna was also going through Ryan's friend list and was basically deleting all of the women that Ryan was friends with. And then on top of all of that, Shayna would just turn up at Ryan's work unannounced. I forgot to actually mention, I'm so stupid, that Ryan and Shayna live 80 miles away from each other. So it's not like she just lives down the road and can just pop into his work on the way to her uni. They're 80 miles away, which takes a very long time. It takes like an hour and a half to drive 80 miles. And Shayna was just making this drive all the time, popping up unannounced. And when she would turn up, she would just refuse to leave. Like Ryan literally could not get away from Shayna. And Ryan was trying to get away from Shayna. Like he did not want to be with her anymore. And he was saying to his friends, like, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't get rid of her. Like I can't make her see that I'm not interested and I don't want to be with her. And Ryan would tell his friends and family that the only reason that he would get back with Shayna because she would guilt trip him into going back to her. And Ryan even said this to Shayna's face. He told Shayna one time, I'm only with you out of guilt. I'm only with you because every time I break up with you, you make me feel so guilty. So Shayna knew full well that Ryan was only ever with her out of guilt, but Shayna didn't care. As long as she was with Ryan, 
she didn't care. And Ryan continued to complain about Shayna to his friends and family. In one message, he wrote, this is getting to restraining order level crazy. She showed up at my condo like three times and refuses to leave each time. And then in another message, he wrote, literally probably the craziest fucking person I've ever met. She almost scares me. But Shayna still would not stop. She would not stop calling, texting, showing up unannounced. And Ryan was getting to his wit's end. He just didn't know what to do. And he ended up texting Shayna, I am turning my phone off now and padlocking the door. Now, of course, Shayna did not pay any attention to this because over the next nine hours, Shayna sent Ryan over 100 text messages. And then all of a sudden, Shayna shows up at Ryan's condo. Shayna had a key to Ryan's place and Ryan hadn't padlocked the door. So Shayna just let herself in. Ryan asked Shayna to leave, but she wouldn't, she refused. And in the end, Ryan actually left his own place. Now Shayna does have her own version of the story when it comes to Shayna and Ryan's relationship. She would accuse Ryan of being both physically and verbally abusive to her. Shayna said that Ryan would quite often make comments on her appearance. He would tell her that she needed to lose weight and that she also needed plastic surgery. Shayna also said that Ryan was actually the controlling one in the relationship. And one of the times that Ryan and Shayna got back together, Ryan placed conditions on their relationship. And those conditions were that they needed to speak less, Shayna should pick up a new hobby, and that Shayna was to participate in sexual acts with Ryan and other women. Shayna said there was an incident when they were arguing that Ryan did get physically abusive to her and he physically picked her up and threw her and beat her out of his condo. Claims of abuse uh, should be taken very seriously. I am never going to sit here and say that they shouldn't be. However, Shayna was actually known for lying about things like this. Like she was known for lying and making things up about abuse. Later on, but I feel like it's relevant to say this here, later on, Shayna has admitted to giving herself bruises to blame them on Ryan, to say that Ryan was being physically abusive to her. Shayna also admitted later down the line that she would throw things around Ryan's condo and bang around and everything to make the neighbors think that they were arguing and Ryan was being abusive. So unfortunately, when someone admits to lying about things like this, it's kind of hard to believe them when they say these things. It's kind of hard to believe these accusations of abuse. And there were also many other things where Shayna got caught up in a lie, but we'll obviously get to that later on. So we are now in autumn 2012. Shayna has finished her degree and she's going on to get her master's and Ryan is still busy with his law firm. Remember, he's only just opened his own law firm, so he's very busy, very stressed. And he's actually going through some difficulties at work as well because he's being sued by an ex-partner. There's like clearly some kind of fallout. So that is adding an extra level of stress for everything to Ryan. And Ryan threw himself into his work because that's what he did anyway. But with all of the stress of the lawsuit going on and everything, Ryan just wanted to focus on that throw himself into that, and he was paying less and less attention to Shayna. But that was definitely intentional. He was intending to basically ignore Shayna because he still wanted to get away from her and he still couldn't. And he was known to ask his co-workers 
how do you break up with someone who doesn't want to be broken up with? And it's not known exactly in autumn 2012 what Shayna and Ryan's relationship was, but let's be realistic. When is it ever clear what their relationship is? Because obviously he's going around asking people like, how do I break up with Shayna? But Ryan in his head anyway, I think he had already decided, okay, we're broken up. Like in my head, we're broken up. I can't break up with her because she won't let me. But my stance is we're broken up. So Ryan had started to see other people. Oh God. And obviously Shayna found out and um, yeah, it didn't go down well. And Shayna just lost it. She hadn't already lost it. Well, she now really lost it. She was telling her friends, like, I hate him. He's an evil person. Love has turned to hate. Like, Ryan doesn't care. Ryan doesn't love me. And obviously, Shayna is a bit crazy, you know, but those texts, like, saying you hate someone, saying that they're an evil person, love has turned to hate, that's not unusual, really, is it, when you're going through a breakup and you're, you're hurt and you're angry? But the thing is, it escalates from there because in another text, Shayna said that she was going to a shooting range with Ryan. So again, they're kind of still together. And Shayna told her friend that she was going to accidentally turn the gun on Ryan and play it off as an accident. And she was known to make other very similar disturbing comments to other friends, basically saying that she wanted to kill Ryan. So it is now the 11th of October, 2012, which is the day before the tragic events of today's case take place. So on this evening, Shayna and Ryan are at Ryan's parents' house. And it was just like a dinner party, like something very normal. But apparently on this evening, Ryan took his dad to one side and told his dad about how stressed he was about the relationship he had with Shayna and about how he wanted to break up with her, but she just wouldn't let him. So then after the little dinner party, Shayna and Ryan head back to Ryan's condo. And it's not actually known what happens when they get back to the condo. But given what Ryan was literally just talking to his dad about, it is thought that it's a very high possibility that Ryan was telling Shayna, like, this is it now. We are over. It's over for good. Because at 3 a.m., Shayna calls up her mom in tears. Shayna said to her mom that she didn't feel very well and that she wanted her mom to come over to Ryan's place. Now, bear in mind, like I said, they live 80 miles away from each other. But Shayna's mom comes to the rescue at 3 a.m. She makes that 80 mile journey. So then Ryan woke up the next morning, walked into his living room and saw that Shayna's mom is there. And he's like, what the hell is going on? But Shayna then started to tell Ryan that she was having chest pains and that she wasn't feeling very well and that her mom's gonna take her to the ER. So Shayna and her mom left Ryan's condo and made their way to the hospital. And Shayna was texting Ryan constantly throughout the day, giving him updates on her condition, saying that she needed an EKG, that she was seeing a specialist, that she was being prescribed this medication and this medication. She was just trying to play the sympathy card. Like she was literally being very manipulative because clearly the night before Ryan had said to her, like, this is over, like we're done. And Shayna was clearly trying to guilt trip him again into just getting back with her because Shayna was not at the hospital. Her and her mom had gone shopping 
She wasn't even feeling unwell. It was all a lie. And the whole time she was shopping with her mom, she was Googling heart conditions, heart disease, high blood pressure. What are the symptoms of high blood pressure? What medication is someone prescribed? So she was then relaying this information to Ryan so Ryan would believe her. I just can't believe, like literally, who makes this stuff up? It's like, why would you joke about health? I don't get it. So then we get to later on that same evening. And this is when the tragic events of today's case take place. So remember that I said that Ryan had started to talk to other women because in his mind, he's not with Shayna. Well, Ryan on this evening did have a date with another woman. And this woman was Audrey Bolt, who just so happened to be the current Miss Ohio. Ryan had been chatting to Aubrey over Facebook and they had arranged to go on a date that evening. Ryan hadn't told Shayna this because I think we all know how she would react and I think Ryan is a little bit scared of Shayna. However, Shayna knew because Shayna was always on Ryan's Facebook. Shayna was pretty much watching this whole thing unfold because two days before the date, Shayna had sent a friend request to Aubrey on Facebook and was literally stalking her profile, finding out as much information as she possibly could. Shayna knew all about this date and just as Ryan was about to leave his condo to go on the date, Shayna shows up. Ryan had not long gotten back from work and he set his gun down on the dining room table. Now we haven't mentioned this yet because it wasn't really important until this point, but Ryan was a pretty big gun enthusiast. He owned several guns and he had a license to carry a concealed weapon. And when he got home, he just had a habit of placing his gun down on the dining room table. So yeah, Shayna had just showed up out of the blue. She obviously had a key, so she let herself in and Ryan was not expecting her. At around 9 p.m. that evening, the following 911 call was made. Kevin Kelly, 911. Ma'am, I have oh, I, I killed my boyfriend in self-defense. Okay, where are you? I'm standing about 10 feet from his dead body. He beat me and tried to carry me out of the house and I came back in to get my things and he was right in front of me and he raced down and grabbed the gun and I grabbed it out of his hand. Tragically, after Shayna had entered Ryan's condo that evening, the two of them got into an argument and Shayna ended up shooting Ryan Poston six times. Police rushed to Ryan's condo, but when they got there, it was tragically too late and Ryan Poston was pronounced dead at the scene. The police immediately arrest Shayna because there's no dispute on who did this because Shayna straight away admitted that she was the one to do it and they took her to the police station. And now we're gonna get on to a very bizarre police interview and this is when the connections and the comparisons to Jody area started. And it was Shayna's actions in this interview that got her so much attention. And don't worry, I will be inserting clips 
because you have to see it. It's it's bizarre. So first of all, the police read Shayna her Miranda rights, and straight away Shayna asks for an attorney. I do want an attorney. Okay, so I can't ask you any questions at all. And the police are thinking, okay, so we're probably not going to get anything out of her. She's asked for an attorney. Like we're not going to ask her any questions until they get here. But the thing is, Shayna liked to talk. I think that is an understatement because the police actually did not ask Shayna one single question. Shayna just started talking and she would not shut up. I was so out of it. I was like, if you're not the big black killer, then can you come to the scene? Oh, Grace, really, really Christian and murder is a sin. For the next three hours, she went on and on and on for three hours, three hours straight. And the police did not ask her one question. I have never known that, like I haven't. I've watched so many police interviews and there are definitely people out there that like to talk, but I have never ever seen an interview where the police do not ask a single question. Screaming at me, telling me I was hellbelly, and I just picked up the gun. And in the middle of him doing something with his arm or saying something crazy, Shot him. And the police could not even get a word in, even if they wanted to. And the police officers were actually taking shifts on being in that room with her because it was just so intense. What are they gonna do with me? I don't know. They just want me to come here and sit with you. And Shayna was saying the most random things at times. Like there was one officer, and Shayna just went to them and said, "You have really nice teeth. You have very pretty teeth. Did you have orthodontia?" It's like who says that? You're being interviewed for murder. I mean. Technically, you're not being interviewed because the police are not asking you any questions, but you are in an interrogation room for murder. And then she was also asking the most bizarre questions. She was saying, will I get my phone in jail? Am I allowed to shower in jail or will I just be smelly? You go to jail, i to keep your phone. If I had to go to jail, can you shower there? Or do you just get really dirty? What I just cannot get my head around is she is a really intelligent person, okay? I'm sorry, but we all know that you don't get your phone in jail. We all know that. And we all know that you shower in jail as well. Like, why is she asking these things? I know why she's asking these things, because she wants attention. But not only all of the bizarre, random things, whenever a police officer would leave the room, Shayna would break down in tears. But they were not real. They were crocodile tears. As soon as he walked out of the room, she stopped immediately. Police Chief Bill Birkenhauer was immediately suspicious. She basically didn't want police officers to leave because they were her audience. She would have no one to talk to. And I know what some of you are thinking. I know that some of you are thinking, why do these people in interrogation rooms not realize they're being filmed? But the thing is, you can see on the footage that Shayna looks directly at the camera in the corner of the room quite a few times. She knew full well that she was being recorded. But yeah, anyway, the main thing to take away from this interview footage is that Shayna was saying that she shot Ryan in self-defense. And I shot him in self-defense because he's done stuff before where I've hit my head on a headboard okay. and could have died. Shayna's story was that she had gotten to Ryan's condo and as soon as she got there, Ryan was throwing her around the condo. He was being very physically violent towards her. And in response to this, 
she shot him. But the problem was, Shayna could not keep her story straight. Her story was changing every 10 minutes. On the 911 call, she had said that she had wrestled the gun out of Ryan's hands, and that is how she got the gun to shoot him. And he reached down and grabbed the gun, and I grabbed it out of his hand and pulled the trigger. But now in the police interview, She's saying that she was the one that got her hands on the gun first. She picked it up from the dining room table and that is how she shot him. And I just picked up the gun and in the middle of him doing something with his arm or saying something crazy, shot him. So the cracks are already starting to form in her story, but that was not the only crack. Shana had said that at one point, Ryan threw her onto the dining room table. But when the police were at the condo, there was no evidence that anyone had been thrown onto that dining room table, like it hadn't moved. It was completely intact. There were also things on the dining room table that would have fallen over if someone was literally thrown onto it and they were still stood up, completely untouched. Shana had said that Ryan was being physically violent towards her, but Shana was checked for any injuries, any marks, bruises, cuts, everything, and she didn't have any. There was literally no evidence in the condo or on Shayna, like her appearance in any way, her clothes, that Ryan was being physical with her at all. So the police officers are thinking, yeah, her story doesn't add up. There's something weird here. But it only gets worse from here. He was laying with his face on the table, like twitching. And so I knew he was gonna die a very slow and painful death. I knew he was already dead. And so I saw him enough time to kill him so that he wouldn't suffer at that point, which was a few more times. Thought he was completely dead. He was laying there still twitching and making noises. And I shot him in the head. I probably should have left it there, but I knew he was gonna die. Mm -hmm. Or have a very deformed face. But I just walked around the table and shot him where I knew he would die immediately. In fact, I shot him probably six times. Shot him in the head. He fell onto the ground. He was like laying like this. His glasses were still on. He was twitching some more. I shot him a couple more times just to make sure he was dead because I didn't want to watch him die. Her descriptions of the murder are cold calculated. The way that she said that she shot Ryan and he fell down and he was no longer a threat, but then he started to twitch so she continued to shoot him. It's unnerving how calmly someone can just talk about cold-blooded murder like that. It's very clear that this was not self-defense. You don't shoot someone six times in self-defense. And according to Shayna, after the first shot, Ryan was still alive, so there could have been a chance to save him. She could have called an ambulance. He was clearly no longer a threat. Like, if we are going to humor her story and say that Ryan was attacking her, she shot him once. He fell down. He was no longer a threat. She could have called the police, who would have called an ambulance, and he could have been saved. But she wanted to watch him die. And then she went on to say something that I just could not believe. Like, my jaw hit the ground. He's gonna die or have a completely deformed face. He's very vain and wants to get a nose job. He's just that kind of person. And I shot him right here. I gave him his nose job. He wanted. Yes, Shayna said that she shot Ryan in the face 
to give him the nose job that he had always wanted. I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, what? Like I had to replay that clip a few times because I was just like, did I actually hear that right? I gave him his nose job he wanted. But again, this just shows it wasn't self-defense. That does not sound like someone shooting someone in self-defense. That sounds like somebody shooting someone out of anger and out of revenge. And then just to top off Shayna's bizarre interview, when the officers leave the room, she starts singing and dancing. singing, I did it, yes, I did it. And then she also thought that this was an appropriate time to sing Amazing Grace and start twirling around like a ballerina. Again, this does not seem like somebody that has shot somebody and killed them out of self-defense. This is the behavior of someone that has murdered someone and is quite happy about it. I was watching a documentary on this case and I was watching an expert talking about it and they summed up her behavior perfectly in words better than I could ever put it. And they said, someone who is in shock does not pirouette. <laughs> Perfect, literally. They don't do though. Following this interview, Shana was charged with murder and bail was set for $5 million. And she remained in custody until her trial. And her trial finally started on the 13th of April, 2015. So that is three years after she's arrested. And at trial, her defense team put forward her case of self-defense. But obviously the prosecution's aim was to completely tear apart that defense. So they dug up everything. They dug up all of the texts, all of the calls, the stalker behavior, dissecting everything that Shana did in the interview, the 911 call, like everything, all of her contradictions. And also new evidence was presented at trial that showed on the night that Ryan was murdered, Ryan had actually locked himself in his bedroom. He was attempting to hide from Shayna. And then Shayna googled how to pick a lock with a bobby pin. I just can't believe that she googled that whilst Ryan is in his bedroom, scared of her, like, oh my god. Again, doesn't really sound like self-defense, does it? And it's thought that Shayna was actually successful in unlocking Ryan's bedroom with her bobby pin. So yeah, the prosecution were like, none of this sounds like someone acting in self-defense. On top of all of this, the prosecution also brought to the stand one of Shayna's ex-cellmates, 
who had said that on a number of occasions, Shayna had actually bragged about killing Ryan. After the jury had heard all of this evidence, Shayna was found guilty of murder and sentenced to 40 years in prison. But the story does not end there. One year later, Shayna's conviction was overturned. It was discovered that one of the jurors in the original trial was a convicted felon, which is against Kentucky law, which meant that Shayna's original trial was deemed invalid, which is just so incredibly frustrating because Ryan's friends and family have to now go through another trial. And then Shayna's second trial took another three years to begin and finally started on the 14th of August, 2018. And in the second trial, Shayna's defense team decided to take a slightly different approach. They decided in this trial, Shayna should take the stand herself. So whilst Shayna was on the stand, she painted out that Ryan was very abusive to her. He was very physically violent, verbally abusive. She went into quite a bit of detail about their sex life, saying that Ryan would pressure her into performing things that she wasn't comfortable with. Ryan did something I didn't want him to do. How did that experience make you feel? It felt degrading. It was also in this second trial where Shayna accused her father of being sexually abusive when she was younger. And it was in this second trial where details of the sexual abuse came out. Shayna said that her dad would always comment on her breasts. He would say things like he was looking forward to them getting bigger so he could look at them. He was also looking forward to them getting bigger so he could watch them jiggle. And there were also times where he would inappropriately touch her breasts. Shayna also told a psychologist that on the night of the shooting of Ryan, it was the anniversary of when her dad sexually abused her. Like I said very early on, these are just accusations. Nothing has actually been proven. I will say it again, it doesn't mean that they didn't happen, but we also obviously don't know that they did. Shayna also said that Ryan would tell her quite a few times that she needed a boob job. And again, we don't know if Ryan actually did make this comment. It's just coming from Shayna and from past experiences, we know that she likes to make these things up. But if the allegations against her dad are true, and Ryan actually did make a comment like that, you can understand why Ryan making a comment about her boobs would have brought up and triggered a lot of her trauma from her childhood, from when her dad sexually abused her. And it's always really difficult when we have characters like Shayna who have admitted to lying about abuse. It is always really hard because you never want to accuse someone of lying about something so serious, but then it is really hard to believe people when they do have a pattern of lying, of making things up. So we don't know if the sexual abuse from her dad is true or not. And we don't know if Ryan would make these comments about a boob job. But obviously she did take the stand in the second trial, which meant that the prosecution had the opportunity to question her as well. And they basically tore her story apart. They pointed out all of the contradictions in Shayna's stories and all of the times that she has lied. And they basically just tried to make out to the jury that Shayna was somebody that you can't trust. You never know if she's telling the truth or not. And you shouldn't trust anything that she says. And after the jury heard all of this, they decided to find Shayna Hoover's guilty of murder. And on the 18th of October, 2018, Shayna was sentenced to 40 years in prison. And Shayna Hoover's to this day remains in prison 
but she has definitely been in and out of the media quite a bit. She even got married when she was in prison. She has since gotten divorced, but she has made quite a few headlines. And she has even given some interviews from prison. There is definitely a little bit of a fascination around Shayna. And like I said in the intro, a lot of the fascination stems from the comparisons to the Jodie Arias case. So if you know the Jodie case, you probably have already picked up on a lot of the similarities. But if not, let's just run through them. So both Shayna and Jodie have been portrayed as these crazy, jealous, insecure exes. Both Shayna and Jodie were in toxic relationships that were on and off. Both of them killed their boyfriend. And in both cases, the boyfriends wanted to get out of the relationship. It's thought that both Shayna and Jodie killed their boyfriend out of rage, out of jealousy. They both used a gun. I know Jodie also used a knife, but they both used a gun. And probably the biggest connection, the biggest similarity between the two cases is the absolutely bizarre behavior in the interview. So you've got Shayna over here dancing like a ballerina and doing all her twirls, singing Amazing Grace. And then you've got Jodie who does a headstand and sings Oh Holy Night. After the murder, both of them plead self-defense. And then in their trials, both of them try and look as innocent as possible. There's also a few other similarities, but they're the main ones. And what is just really, really weird is that when Jodie was on trial, obviously it was on TV a lot, Shayna was in jail awaiting her trial and Shayna was engrossed in the trial. Shayna literally watched the Jodie Arias trial unfold on TV and was seen taking notes. Notes on what? I know how to try and get away with murder, but it didn't work for either of them, did it? So yeah, those are the similarities, which are quite a lot if you ask me. But why did Shayna kill Ryan? Like what were her motives? During her second trial, Shayna was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which meant that she struggled with abandonment issues and she would be very impulsive. And it seems like she had undiagnosed borderline personality disorder because she she was only diagnosed with it at her second trial. Given that, I think we can all assume that she wasn't receiving any kind of treatment for this. So I think her having borderline personality disorder definitely uh, explains a few things. Not that it's an excuse or anything because so many people have borderline personality disorder and don't murder people. But Shayna was just very obsessed with Ryan and it was unhealthy, it was toxic. And I think her motive was, if I can't have Ryan, no one can. And there were obviously those allegations of sexual abuse. So if they are true, they would definitely have played a part in this. But of course, the most heartbreaking thing about this case is that Ryan Poston is no longer here. And Shayna, whatever her motives were, took Ryan away from his friends and family way too soon. He was on a very great path in life. He was so successful. He had a bright future ahead of him. And seeing some of the victim impact statements that Ryan's family gave at the trial was honestly just heartbreaking. You can see how absolutely devastated they are and crushed by this whole thing. 
And that brings us to the end of the episode on Shayna Hubers. There are no updates on today's case. So thank you so much everyone for listening today. Subscribe or follow to make sure you never miss an episode of The Criminal Makeup. And it would really mean a lot to me if you enjoy the show, if you leave a five-star review. In the meantime, if you've been affected by any of the themes in this episode, please take the time to look at the description for this episode for some helpful resources. Special thanks to my producers at Audio Boom Studios and I'll see you all in the next one.